Not good evening. Well, you must be headed west. Well, you've got quite a journey ahead of you there, mate. You're welcome to rest here tonight if you like. It's no worries. That's it, settle in. I've got a story for you. See those tracks you're going to follow? They've been taking folks from west to east and back again for years. And there's many stories to be told about the journey, but this story... Well, they don't put this story in the brochures. It's a story that starts back in the 70s in Perth. On its first journey, in fact. I settle in as the train slowly leaves East Perth Station. Women wave goodbye to their lovers. Fathers wave at their children. I look up at the blazing sun before pulling down the blinds. I sit back and sigh as the train runs north out past the suburbs. The view changes from newly built houses to the olive green desert shrubs and eventually the red desert unfolds barren and dry. The country looks hot and burnt. It's a wonder the English colonists survived out here. I'm travelling on the Indian Pacific and I'm lucky enough to have been contracted by the railway as a travel writer to promote the train line's inaugural journey. The train has left behind the Indian Ocean in the west to arrive at the Pacific Ocean in Sydney 75 hours later. You know, that's a whopping total of 4,000 kilometres. I start to take notes. July the 31st, 1970. The train has left safely, and the place is filled with trade folks and my fellow reporters, all invited by the Commonwealth Railways. The train has been fitted out with all the mod cons, and I'm glad to see the air conditioner is working as we approach Kalgoorlie. I finish my notes an hour later, and lay down my notepad and nestle into my chair as the train pulls away from the station. We are now headed for the Nullarbor Plain. I've arranged some time with the driver for a brief interview. G'day, you're Donald, from the paper? Yeah, thanks for seeing me. The space is small, and I lean against the door and try and stay out of his way. The train driver is a short, fat man with a, a long brown moustache. All I can say is he looks the part as he pulls out his wooden crate, steps up to see out the driver's Come window. Come here. You may want to get some photos. Just after this bend. There. There. It's coming up on the left is the sign. We pass a sign that reads, Welcome to the Nullarbor. It's white. New and shiny. They put that in just last week. Imagine that some poor bastard having to come all the way out here from Kalgoorlie to plant that thing. I hope they dug it in deep enough so the storms don't blow it over. I lean over and snap off a quick picture as we slowly move past. Now as we come around the bend, you can see the track. It's the longest, straightest stretch of track line in the world. 478 kilometres. Jesus, I say, looking down as I snap off more photos of the track as it vanishes off into the horizon and is swallowed up by the red desert. He points at the long red bar protruding from the wood-finished panel. He nods at me. Go on, mate. I won't tell the boss. I smile as I push the lever forward a few notches and the train accelerates. Very slowly now. I return to my cabin in the late afternoon. The train is busy with people walking up and down the corridor, beers in hand. Looks like a celebration is starting. The train rocks me gently as I write about my experience with the train driver. 
I shake in my seat and I jolt upright. I, I must have dozed off. I sit there for a moment listening. Silence. It's odd. I decide to go to the bar and grab myself a little drink. I walk down to the bar and as I get closer, I notice it's very still and quiet. I open the door and the bar is completely empty. I look down at my watch, 6pm. It's completely empty. No staff. The tables are all set up for dinner. The plates are laid out, clean glasses, fine cutlery. I look out of the window and it's black. No rolling desert, no hills, no moon, just blackness. And then it dawns on me. There is no train noise. I instinctively back out of the room and move towards the rear of the train. I walk down a dark corridor and I I can see a single light coming from one of the cabins. Nervously, I, I stick my head in for a look. Hi, sorry to intrude, but have you seen... I stop as I look around the cabin. It's old-fashioned with wooden-clad designs. It looks out of place compared to the modern silver cabin walls. I look over and there, sat at the table, is a red-haired woman dressed in a black Victorian-era dress. Slowly, she turns and points at me, and the hairs stand up on the back of my neck. And... I awake with such a jolt that I throw myself from the bunk and crash onto the ground, bruising my shoulder. It, it felt so real. I decided to take a shower to clear my head and, and go to the bar. I could feel the cold in that room. The environment was empty. I take up a seat at the bar and order a cold beer. I settle in with a sigh of relief and... I shake my head at my little dream. I start to take down some notes of the train's design and look and see what the menu has to offer. Now I can see the manager nervously looking at me. This is a big promotional event for them and everything has to be perfect. I look around. Everyone is having a good time. I gaze down the corridor and in the shadows I see the woman from my dreams pointing at me. I dropped my beer, and I stagger off my stool. The manager notices me and walks up. So you're okay? I let the man help me to my seat. He runs back behind the bar to bring me two glasses, one filled with water and the other whiskey. I take the water and I drink it down. The woman from my dreams. It was a dream, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Do you want me to get to your cabin, sir? No, I, uh... I'm just a bit dizzy. Thank you. Thank you. I peer back at the corridor, and there she stands still, looking at me. She smiles. Yes, heart. We'll stop. I jump in fright. So you're Fine. Okay. I'll just... I'd, I'd better... Look, I'll, I'm just going to go for a lie down. I lay on my bed, and I wipe my face. I look at my hands, wet with sweat. What I saw was not a dream. It was a woman. Maybe some woman playing a silly game in a costume. Maybe. It didn't feel like a game. I jump up, looking out the window at the black walls rushing past. There's no tunnels in the outback. The line is flat. It runs through an open desert. I feel the cold again. 
I turn around and I'm back in the wooden cabin of that woman. The door slams open and I jump. Slowly I walk out to the corridor. I'm standing in an old Victorian train. Red carpet, copper trimming, old green lanterns rock from side to side. It it feels so real. Slowly I, I make my way down through the train until I reach the engine room. And there she stands. She's, she smiles at me. For the first time, I stop and I take a good look at her. She is lovely. Red, curly hair, blue eyes. She reaches out and touches my cheek. I wake up and I, I fall off my bed again, onto the floor with a thump. We have stopped at the station, somewhere in the Simpson Desert. I open my shutters, gasping, and the passengers are all departing, looking to purchase trinkets and sweets. I step out onto the platform and I I stretch my legs. Still groggy, what was that woman talking about? What was she trying to show me? Along the train, I see the driver inspecting the front. He bangs the frame, checking the metal bolts. Hello, I say. Ah, hello there. Come to have another look. Yes, she's a she's a nice ride, I say as I watch in silence as he waddles about making his checks. Uh, when was this train built? This train is not completely new, as in brand spanking new. Pardon? Nah, the frame is old, made from parts from the original Trans-Siberian train, melted down and sculpted. Yep, this tin's backbone is over 100 years old. The Russian investors made this a condition of investment. The cabins are placed on top. Built the engine in Perth. All state-of-the-art modern conveniences, but her backbone is old and has some history to her as well. Not all of it pleasant. (laughs) I smile, feeling like I'm being fed a tale. I say, smiling, Okay, let's hear it then. As the story goes, the original train was to be retired making way for modern upgrades, so the owner threw one final party for their staff and business partners. A final farewell. One of the waiters had taken a liking to the owner's wife, and, well, he tried to have his way with her. A struggle broke out, and she fell under the train. The owner busted in, just in time to see his wife fall under the tracks. He shot the waiter in the face, then and there. A tragic ending to the company's original train. They tried to keep it out of the papers, but people talk. Word gets around. Here, come look at this. The driver climbs back into his cabin, pulls out a book and hands it to me. Here, I collected information about the train companies. Maybe one day I'll write a book. Here, look there. Yep, that's her. The wife. A puff of steam wafts past my face as I look at the picture. There she was, in black and white. My ghost. Can I bring this back to you? I go back to my cabin and I I turn to the picture of my ghost. She is beautiful. In the picture she is standing on the platform with a group of people. She is smiling and, and looks happy. Then something happens that chill me even to this day. She turns and looks at me. Waves her hand. I'm back in the old train, 
It's night. I look out the window and I see the rolling landscape. It's covered in snow. The blue moonlight glows. It's it's beautiful. I walk into the dining cabin and, and there she is. Come, see. An elegant lady from yesteryear. I've been waiting for you for some time, although I feel as if I have just arrived. This place changes often. When I am happy, the sun shines. When I am sad, it is night. I think we have been brought together, you see. I'm just a newspaper man from Perth. What do you want from me? It's close now. That's why I keep you here. We do not have much time left. I can show you, but then I have to go back. The living and the dead should not converse, you see. Zana waves her hand and the cabin walls fade away. And we're looking down the track now. She points, and in the distance I can see a truck has broken down across the tracks. Smoke is billowing out of its engine. You see? I nod. She points down, and, and now we are looking at the driver. He's collapsed over the controls and the levers jammed to top speed. I rock back as the train lurches into gear. She takes my hand gently. You must go. His heart has stopped. Will I see you again? She smiles silently, her beauty intoxicating. She leans in and, and kisses my forehead. And bang! I'm awake in my room. I look out the window and I can see the train has picked up pace. I jump to my feet and I lunge for the door. I push my way down the carriages, one after another. I get to the driver's room and I knock loudly on the door. Driver! You there? Do you hear me? I bang louder and louder. I start to kick the door and I break it in. Help! I yell. Help! The man is slumped over the level. I pull him back and lay him down gently. I look up and there, as in my dream, is the smoking truck. The driver is waving at us frantically. I grab the lever and I pull it back, slowing the train. But we're going over 80 kilometers. Down I pull it, slower and slower we go. I yank the whistle and the driver starts to step away from his truck. He can see what's about to happen. I look around desperately and there is, there is a red button. I slam my fist on it and the emergency brakes kick in. The manager comes running into the driver cabin. He's out cold. I, I don't know what happened to him. The brakes screech louder and louder as the train slows down to a crawl and gently nudges the truck, finally coming to a stop. The manager attends to the driver. Later we would find out that he'd had a mild heart attack, but he would pull through. The police asked how I knew. I made up a lie. The paper threw me a party. I was on the front page. Got my 15 minutes for what it's worth. Before I flew home, I went down to the station to see the train one more time. And as it pulled from the station, I saw her one last time. She smiled and waved. I smiled back. And then she slowly faded away. Hi there, thanks for listening to the episode entitled The Indian Pacific. The radio play was performed by the very talented Lillian Lamore and written by Adrian Barker. Sound production was recorded by Robert Healy. Please come back next time and join us by the Billabong.